This is Ramsey Radio, the farming and farm machinery podcast from Ramsey Brothers, partnering farmers since 1950. Hello and welcome to another edition of Ramsey Radio. I'm your host, Tim Glover, and I can promise you a particularly interesting conversation today. We're going to be talking about the art of applying lime to farmland and how treating soil acidification is crucial to your soil's health, crop nutrition, and at the end of the day, it's the yields that we're talking about. But best of all, my guest is Sardi soil scientist, Brian Hughes, who's just completed a major research project looking at soil acidification and liming practices. Brian, welcome to Ramsey Radio. Yeah, thanks very much, Tim. Mate, we're largely talking to farmers, and I'd expect most of them are across the need for lime and paddocks. But just to set the scene, can you give us a quick summary of the why, the what, and the where? Um, yeah, so in, to summarise, I suppose, acidity, you need to understand pH a bit. So in terms of, I suppose, the, the soil pH is pretty important, and plants like sort of pHs between about 6 to 8. Um, as you go from 7, which is neutral, down to 6, it's 10 times more acid. As you go to 5, it's 100 times more more acidic, and that's when we start seeing issues with plant growth. We are seeing expansion in the areas of the soils affected by acid soils across the state, and there's, the reasons are pretty well understood. We know why soils become more acidic, that they've... In cropping systems are mostly linked to taking material out the paddock. So as you're taking grain or hay out of the paddock, you're taking alkaline materials with that and you're leaving the acid behind. Or the secondary cause that we often see is really linked to fertilisers and, and particularly anything that's got an ammonium in it. As that ammonium breaks down, there's a little bit of acid or a proton that's released and left in the soil. I suppose that the third factor in that is really how effective or how efficient that nitrogen fertiliser is that's applied. The less efficient and the more nitrate that gets leached out of the profile, the, the more acidity that's going to be caused by that. So those reasons, I suppose, are pretty well known. We've recently sort of redone through uh, the Department of Environment Water, I suppose, an assessment of the state, and we've gone from, we used to talk about 2 million hectares being acid-prone, we're now talking probably over 4 million hectares, uh, and that's basically due to those, those, I suppose, intensive sort of cropping systems around the state uh, and causing that, that acidification through those processes I've talked about. Starting to see more of some of the uh, lower to medium rainfall areas affected too in that, so particularly in soils that haven't got any natural lime in them, so the non-calcareous parts of the paddock. So things like the dunes in a, in a dune swale-type system are, are more prone to acidity, particularly if they're being you know, cropped and, and lots of end going out. And and really, it's the, the quickest rates of acidity are really linked to the most productive farming system. So the more grain you grow, the higher your inputs, you know, your rates of acidification will be higher in, in that situation. I guess that's the old chicken and egg, isn't it? You know, the bigger the yields, you know, the more you're putting in in terms of your fertiliser, the more you're taking out in terms of your alkaline compounds. Yeah, that's right. Just going back and touching on that, and, and I love this saying, it's 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 a really good one. Uh, you've got to measure what matters. You know, landowners and farmers need to actually understand and and practice understanding what the pH levels are in their soil, you know, on a fairly regular basis. Yeah, that's certainly the, the crux of it. And, and also understanding the, the distribution of that pH in the paddock too. So so you can have parts of your paddock that are acid and you, you might have other parts that are neutral and parts that are alkaline. Understanding where those acid bits are and looking down the profile to understand you know, at what depth has it got a problem as well. So is it just in the topsoil? Is it in the sort of 10 to 20 centimetre layer, which a lot of farmers don't test, but that'll still restrict the group growth if it's, if it's acidic sort of in the subsurface of the soil as well as the topsoil. We all know and everyone listening should know that uh, yeah, as soon as those roots hit that acidic area, they don't uh, tend to go much further. They don't uh, like it. So reality is then the benefits of correcting low soil pH are pretty significant, aren't they? 
Yep, certainly are. And we're, we're seeing you know, responses of up to 30% or 40% in some of the legume crops. Um, so some things like uh, lentils and beans and vetch, really big responses to, to liming soils. And the cereals, uh, you know, up to 20% in, in a number of our trials with, with wheat and barley. We're, well, the trials were corrected, I suppose, acid layers. Yeah, and, and they are benefits that will last a long time too. Yeah, you know, lime's a, a slow-moving type product. So one application can, can treat an area for, you know, five to 10 years at times. And, you know, the numbers are you're talking, they are significant numbers in anyone that isn't um, involved in the practice. There is need to prick up. You know, with what we're talking about in, in terms of that commodity pricing at the moment, you know, even a 10%, let alone a 20% um, increase can make a huge difference. That's right. Yeah, it can certainly pay for some of the, the liming practices. And I should stress, you know, you actually don't want to see those those responses. You actually want to be treating it before you're getting those big responses because if, if you've left it that long, you've probably been losing some money for, you know, five or 10 years anyway as, as, as the soil has been acidifying. Now, Brian, you've just completed, we mentioned at the start, a significant research project with GRDC support, uh, which is generally gone by the title Acid Soils SA. Can you take a little bit of time and tell us what you set out to learn and importantly, what did you learn? Yeah, well, this this project was really set up initially, I suppose, to look at acidification under no-till farming systems, and and then through that process, uh, you know, one of the issues, I suppose, historically, when when they put their lime out, they all cultivated it in. So a lot of farmers aren't doing that anymore. So we really wanted to have a look at sort of, I suppose, practices under a no-till system, uh, as well as you know where we've incorporated lime and things like that as well. So I suppose that within that, there was a range of uh, research trials. Now, some of those were set up on areas that had previously been limed, but still had a, a stratified or an acid part of the profile down a bit deeper, while most of them were probably on sites that hadn't had any lime go out at all. But And so within that, we looked at you know the impact of various types of cultivation, you know, whether, whether we could, I suppose, overcome a no-till situation by putting more lime out. We've done a bit of work looking at different types of lime, some work looking at alternative products. So, so what's the impact of things like clay or, or manures on, on pH? And we've done that over sort of two or three years. Um, there is, within the project, there's another component, which is engaged a PhD students through Adelaide University. And, and they've been looking at sort of in the paddock type testing. So using infrared techniques and looking at, you know, can, can we use that to get a sort of scanner soil and look at how much line is still in that profile where it's moved to and, and I suppose and in the paddock type assessment I suppose she's, she's also looked at whether they, they we can develop a better I suppose indicated dye of pH uh, there, there is you know there is a, a test out there now but if you've got an issue if it's really yellow that's fine but sort of when you get that sort of yellowy green you're not quite sure especially like, Brian if you're like I am and I'm colorblind that makes yeah. it uh particularly yeah. problematic yeah, yeah yeah they need to get away from red green <laughs> exactly or green, yellow. Yeah. So they've, they've been looking into the, whether they can have, a, I suppose, an easy test as part of that. And, and I suppose that the third component of the project really has been a lot of extension work. And so, so we've set up an Acid Soils SA website and, and a lot of the information on lime sources and various fact sheets, I suppose, on how to overcome issues that are on that site and things like pH mapping and those types of things as well in terms of making people aware of that. You know, we've probably been running 15 events per year, I suppose, with, with farmer groups and various things as well. Fantastic. Before we finish the episode, we'll make sure that uh, we get that information out where uh, where the farmers can get to and source that information. Uh, mate, sounds like the perfect opportunity to serve up a massive cliffhanger. So we need to take a short break, but when we come back, uh, I'll get Sardi's Brian Hughes to tell us what they learned about applying lime on sandy soils and no-till farms. If that matters to you, and it should, don't go anywhere. 
The next generation of precision spreaders has arrived at Ramsey Brothers. The AgriSpread AS2000 series is an advanced precision spreader which takes simplicity, durability, capacity and accuracy to new levels. And for more efficient spreading, optional section control is now available. AgriSpread is suitable for fertiliser, lime, gypsum, manure or mouse bait with sizes ranging from 10 through to 22 cubic metres. The future of precision spreading is here at Ramsey Brothers today. Call your local branch for more AgriSpread. Ramsey Brothers, partnering farmers since 1950. Welcome back to Ramsey Radio and our chat today with Brian Hughes from Sardi about the Acid Soils SA research project. Brian, we've talked about uh, why lime is so important and you just told what trials the Acid Soils SA project included. So importantly, what uh, was it that you guys found? Yeah, we, we looked, as I said, we had had 11 trials across the state, ranging from sort of high rainfall areas or high rainfall cropping areas down, down to sort of reasonably low to medium rainfall cropping areas and across a range of soil types. And some of the, I suppose, in terms of yield and dry matter, you know, quite big responses in terms of legumes. So beans, lentils, vetch, we've all seen you know, significant responses to treatments on those trial sites. And then cereals, a little bit less so, but, but certainly have seen you know, wheat and barley responses, and, and even things like like uh, SEPTA. Last year, got a response with SEPTA, which is considered quite an acid tolerant wheat as well. The second part, I suppose, is really looking at the soil aspects of that and trying to understand you know, which methods we can use to get change in pH down the profile to wherever the acid band is. So we've seen, for example, at a, a, a site in the mid-north at Wherever, in that case, it's an old site that we've kept going, but over a five or six-year period, you know, at higher rates of lime, we've been able to get some change in pH at up to sort of 15 centimetres deep. Um, yeah, you could do that with a cultivation in within a year or so, or, or do you need to put out a higher rate if you're under a strict no-till system? Uh, you will get some movement down through the profile. And, and again, seen that at a couple of sites now, it's a couple of the older sites, I suppose. Most of the sites have only been set up for two or three years. And that's one of the things we want to keep looking at into the future is, you know, how, how can we get that impact right down to the profile to where the acid soil are. And I uh, said, so we have looked at a range of sort of different products as well in this, and we have seen some improvement in pH for things like uh, we've applied uh, composted manures up to sort of probably a half a unit type pH, and even things like gypsum has shown a small benefit in terms of pH, but but nowhere near to what you'd get if it was a, a liming product, I suppose. And, and we are getting keeping a bit of an eye on how long those things last and whether they disappear after a year or two. Yeah, and I guess that's the... Um you know, the longevity and the sustainability. Am I right in saying the important thing is moving the lime into the soil um, at depth? Yeah, well, I think it, it really depends on your situation first. So so probably the first tip is just understanding where your acid bands are. And if it's just purely the surface, it's not such a big deal. But we've certainly seen issues, say, uh, at one of our sites at Capunda where it has been lime, but you get down to about 75 mils. The pH drops back to about 4.5, for example. On the sandy soils, as you said, there's a range of options. So so if you're looking to bednar or spade it or something anyway, you, you can basically mix those layers up. In a sort of loamier soil, that's much harder to do. And so you either got a more of a conventional cultivation type technique to get it in quicker if you, if you think that's appropriate. If it's not, I suppose you're then back to, you know, just putting it on top. We have also tried at a couple of sites incorporating the lime to depth. So putting the lime down to sort of that 10 to 20 centimetre layer at Coffee, we tried that, and also at um, the second site at Kanunga last year. And, and at both those sites, the most acid band was in that 10 to 20 centimetre layer, and, and we actually did have responses to putting it in those layers. Unfortunately, the cost is probably you know, prohibitive in some ways because it's a much, to put it in as a granular form, you're looking at a much dearer product. Um, but that it did highlight that fact by getting the stuff down to those layers. Yeah, you know, we, we were getting a, a better response, I suppose. And um, you were putting that in, um, Brian, 
through the cedar? Yeah, yeah, those cases were through the cedar and through the seed box, you know, separate seed cedar and putting it down below, I suppose, where the seed was going yep. um, and really only putting it on the seeding rows. We basically went back to Kananga, pretty well planting in the same rows as what we planted three years ago. We put the stuff in three years ago. So we're sort of planting on top of that subsurface lime application and we saw a response in that in that trial, we also had a mild plough treatment where we mild boarded it, put the lime out, buried it again. So you buried the lime quite deep. And they both gave similar results, I suppose, in terms of putting the lime down to that band and that five to 20 centimetre layer was the most acid band. But getting it down a bit deeper, we actually got, I suppose, a better result in those trials. I mean, how you do that practically, I suppose, or do you just, you know, put more out on top and wait is, is the other side that we've been looking at. Yep. You know, those acid layers really are inhibiting that root development, are they, of the plant? Yeah, yeah. So I haven't really talked about, I mean, certainly there's, there's a range of things that happen when the soil becomes too acidic. Certainly the first one, which is really significant, is, is the release of aluminium out of the clay component of the soil, which can be quite toxic to plant roots and basically burns off the root hairs and various things. In a similar fashion, you know, uh, in some soils, manganese becomes toxic. We don't see that a lot in South Australia, but it's a big issue in the eastern states. In terms of the legumes, the rhizobium themselves just don't persist when it when it becomes that acidic, uh, and so that those uh, they they can't uh, form nodules with the roots. In terms of some of the other issues we often see on acid soils are linked to either some of the nutrients. So we we see some of the major nutrients get bound up with things like aluminium. So things like phosphorus get bound into more of an insoluble form. And, and in terms of the traces, the one that particularly shows up in acid soils is molybdenum deficiency, where we've, we've pretty well seen molybdenum deficiency show up in, in pretty well all our trials. Uh, yeah, we've been able to correct the molybdenum by adding lime. Now, the, the actual molybdenums, again, for legumes, is very important in the process of getting nitrogen fixation happening and, and nodulation happening. And without adequate molybdenum, yeah, the plants struggle to nodulate properly. So it's sort of a range of those things that, that we see. Occasionally, there's probably other elements that show up, but the ones in particular that we see, see is that molybdenum deficiency showing up and some of the phosphorus being bound up. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that we do talk about with soil amelioration, you know, it it does give you another tool in, in, I guess, that quickly correcting subsoil issues with acid. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose, you know, going back a step, probably with sandy soils, you still need to have a look at, you know, what are the limitations on that sandy soil? You know, is it acidic? Is it, has it got a hard pan? All those types of things. Do you need to add clay? But what, what we're certainly finding is, is that in most cases, if you're mixing uh, up sandy soils through, through various techniques, or if you're adding clay to it, you're actually improving the pH as well. And often the, a lot of the sandy soils that we've looked at in that sort of low to medium rainfall areas at the moment, they're not chronically acidic you know, right through the topsoil. They might have a little band that's sort of getting around that 4.5 or less for part of the profile. So even just mixing the topsoil, sorry, mixing the sandy stuff will to some degree correct that. Now, you might want to consider, you know, should we be putting lime out at the same time as we're mixing? because that's probably going <laughs> to add a lot more value to what you're doing. And I suppose really having a good look at, in a sandy soil sense, whether you should be putting lime out as well at the same time, because it, you know, it is the one chance you've got to really mix stuff is when you're ameliorating it all. I think it's really a, a, a good process. It's interesting. And going back to what you were talking about then, uh, it was going to be a question, I think you answered it, is that um, you know that soil amelioration on its own sometimes can actually provide that um, pH stability or, or improvement just by mixing down to a depth. Yeah, certainly. And and we've certainly seen it with clay historically that the clay will, will correct the pH. But even this, as you said, just mixing a, a subsurface layer with a surface layer, if one of them's a bit better pH, you will end up with a better pH there. 
we, we did monitor with a group at Canalpin uh, some Bednar work, I suppose, there, where, where they, again, they've, they've used the Bednar and the Bednar and Lime in places to correct a sort of a, a, an acid, quite shallow, sandy soil, I suppose. And that's in some other trials, we've, we've looked at the influence of things like spading, uh, or spading in organic matter in some cases, and spading with and without lime to, to have a look at that. And UniSA has been running a site where they've been even looking at the, the speed of spading and what impact that has on the lime movement, I suppose, in terms of if you're incorporating that into, into a profile, which sort of making sense, I suppose, that you know the slower the spader works, probably the better mixing it does. <laughs> That's fantastic. And I think the big thing is, it's coming back to what I talked about earlier in the podcast, is you need to measure what matters. So you need to know what you're dealing with, but it's understanding what it actually is that you need to do and where importantly it is that you need to do it rather than a one size fits all or a blanket approach across the farm. Yep, that's right. And essentially, that's I think the message for South Australia and these new areas emerging. Yeah, it's often not the whole paddock; it's just part of the paddock, and understanding where that is. There are things like pH mapping around, uh, which is quite widely adopted now, and often you can sort of relate that to different soil types or whatever in the paddock. And the second part is really understanding the the depth profile of your pH. And and a lot of farmers historically probably haven't tested much deeper than ten centimeters, and it's encouraging, even if they're just using one of the field kits, is getting out, having a look a bit deeper, particularly if they've got a topsoil that's deeper than sort of ten centimeters deep. So they really need to look right down that topsoil to the clay and just see you know, have we got acid bands down a bit deeper and that will then influence, I suppose, how you treat it. So, yeah, one message is certainly get out there and have a look and, and test it and then sort of develop your strategy based on where it's where it's occurring in the paddock and, and what the depth profile looks like. It's almost like just correcting nature back to how it was, you know, applications of limes. And again, it's it's a natural product. It's it's not something that we're synthesising in laboratories and, you know, recreating the wheel. We are literally talking about getting the, the very dirt that we plant our crops into into the right ratios and the right mixes and, you know, to give us the best results. Yeah, and limes, yeah, it's been used for a long time in Europe. You know, there's a paper I've got talking about lime being used in the 4th century in Ireland <laughs> uh, and certainly in the days of the Romans there were people liming paddocks in Europe. So, we, you know, farmers have really picked up acidity as an issue. We've seen the rates of lime in South Australia go from about 70,000 tonnes up to something like 270,000 tonnes going out now. So so we've seen a big increase in, and most of that's in the cropping area, that increase in terms of lime use. So that, they certainly are picking up as an issue there and, and how to treat it. And as you said, it's one of those practices where, which is reasonably friendly. It, it's something which you're replacing that alkaline material and that, that acid that you're causing, I suppose, for other practices. You're basically replacing that and counteracting that. And in the long term, we'll see farmers have a liming budget or something every every year. It'll just be something that becomes a normal farming practice, I suspect. It's just taken us a while in South Australia because our soils were naturally neutral and alkaline to, to, to catch up. And, of course, we're very lucky that we've got people uh, like you in our state that are prepared to uh, put the research behind it and, and come up with the things that we need to do. So biggest message, Brian, from you to farmers of today after the work that you've done with the Acid Soils SA project. Certainly test your soils, understand where you've got a problem. There's a range of lime suppliers out there. Understand those. You will, certainly the central regions, we've had problems with suppliers running out. So you need to get your order in early. And then I suppose, depending on your soil type, you know, are there options for incorporating if I've got a problem sort of down reasonably deep in the soil just to speed that process up? And just back to your testing your soil, uh, important, you've said a couple of times, to make sure that you test to depth. Yep, so where, where you're not sure what the distribution is, we'd sort of suggest doing five centimetre increments as you go down through your profile. 
So having a look at you know naught to five, five to ten, you know, ten to fifteen, fifteen to twenty, even at, even if it's just with some field kit measurements, to get an understanding of you know is there an acid band. The one we particularly see is you know some of the sandy soils we'll see it you know, more acidic in that ten to twenty centimetre layer. So if you don't do that sort of testing, you, you sometimes miss it. Or if you're doing a full naught to ten, you can mix up the acid band with a topsoil that's a slightly better pH. Yeah. Absolutely, and and if you don't do it right, you're only doing half a job, which is not a good thing. And the other thing I wanted to touch on is to make sure that this becomes regular. It's not something you can do for one year and tick the box and go, yeah, I've had a crack at it. We're all good. Yep. I, th- I think you're right. It's, it's, it's a practice which will become, a, you know, if we're going to keep cropping and, and putting out the fertilizers. It just becomes a, a regular practice on the farm in the sense that these areas on the farm are going to need to be addressed every five or 10 years. Fantastic. Brian, if people want to know more about Acid Soils SA Project and Lime for their farm, where's the best place to start? Uh, certainly have a look at the website. So Asset Soils SA website uh, has got lots of information. There is fact sheets, stuff on lime supplies, pH mapping, and some of the sort of recent workshop material, I suppose, as well, that were presented around the state. Brian Hughes from Sadi, thanks for joining us. And uh, we hope to catch up with you again soon and good luck with the continuing research. Well, thank you, Tim. Always. Absolute pleasure, mate. Uh, And thank you for joining us to learn about Lyme on Ramsey Radio in this episode. Remember, you can find all of our other episodes on your favourite podcast app, and I do hope you'll subscribe. Like and share them with your friends and colleagues. I've been Tim Glover, and I hope you'll join me again for the next Ramsey Radio podcast. In the meantime, stay safe, good farming, and we'll see you soon. You've been listening to Ramsey Radio, brought to you by Ramsey Brothers. Find this and all our podcasts on your preferred podcast app or on our website at ramseybros.com.au.